is nice. I love the countdown. Okay, I see one viewer is on. Okay, okay, outstanding. For my hand, yeah. All right, let's go ahead. Yeah, there go. Yes. All right, good. Good evening, everybody. Um, welcome to the, the public meeting. Co-branded effort from uh, Be More, the Phoenix LOC. We have Dr. Richard from Mindful Energy, and we have Sister Elite um, Ashley. I almost called you Alicia. Ashley. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> from um, Favor and Grace Under Fire uh, Therapy. <laughs> Let's have, featuring this evening, Alexis Roan. Um, so, uh, forgive me if I'm a little bit pressed. I know we, we got, we're on a short time. We're going to have to run through it this evening. So before we do introductions, um, Dr. Richard, are you ready to uh, give us an opening practice? Yeah. Thank you, sir. Greetings. I'm Dr. Richard. I am here for the meditation. Um, our theme tonight is sickness and purpose. And for those that may not know, we have seven chakras and these seven chakras are our energy centers. And so when we're talking about sickness and purpose, that means that if we're dealing with sickness, we may have a blocked root chakra, which is the first of the seven. And when we are talking about our purpose, um, that is making sure that our throat chakra is open. And so if we will at this time, go ahead and close your eyes. Make sure that you are seated in an upright position. And the way I like to do this is I always like to start with three deep breaths just to get the energy flowing and to get the uh, chakras open, to begin to open. So we take three deep breaths. We're going to hold at the top for three, four seconds and then slowly release. After that, <clears throat> We will go into normal breathing, and at that time, I will recite some affirmations. And as I am, after I say the affirmations, I would like for you to say them silently to yourself. And then we will end with one more deep breath, breathe it out, and I will ask you to open your eyes and I will greet you with namaste. All right, at this time, go ahead and close your eyes, sit seated up. All right, take your first deep breath in, hold it at the top and release you can feel that energy again deep breath in hold it and release third deep breath in hold it and release again continue to keep your eyes closed and repeat these affirmations to yourself I am protected. I am aligned with my purpose. I'm aligned. I feel secure. I walk with joy. I trust the universe is protecting me. I am living my purpose. Take one more 
Deep breath in. Hold it. And slowly release. And you may slowly begin to open your eyes and I will greet you with namaste. Namaste. Thank you, Dr. Richard. Did you want to give a um, overview of uh, what it is that you do or what you have coming up real quick? Well, at this time, I am an unofficial retired public school educator after 21 years. I am I have decided to walk into a new purpose of uh, that of being an entrepreneur and author. And I, I still carry the title of educator, but I am releasing a book next week. And with that book, I am hopeful to reach as many young people uh, as possible. The book is about uh, five lessons that I learned from my father and my brother who passed away a couple of years ago. And as a youngster growing up in the inner city of uh, Fort Worth, Texas, I was blessed to have these quotes passed on to me from my father and my brother. And with those quotes, and many of us, you, we know what those quotes may be, you know, money doesn't grow on trees, et cetera. I've taken those quotes and I put them into life lessons for young people to be able to read and understand what these lessons or these quotes mean so that they can use it as tools to help them advance as students, young adults, parents, husbands, wives, etc. Outstanding, outstanding. Thank okay. you. Exciting and uh, inspiring stuff. Yeah, and I, I do appreciate you wearing that drip t-shirt. That is one of my designs. <laughs> I got you, bro. All right. Bro, Brother Tremikis, would you like to give a brief overview of the organization uh, you represent and I am a uh, member of the Phoenix LOC? Yes, sir. Very happy to. Again, honored to be on with uh, my brothers and sisters tonight as we get into this subject. Uh, my name is Brother Tremikis. I am the chair of the Phoenix Local Organizing Committee for Justice Else. Uh, and we are a organization that uh, believes in self-reliance uh, and uh, independence for our people. Uh, and we believe that uh, with our own skills and talent and resources pooled together, that there is no problem in our community that we cannot solve. Uh, so we tackle quite a few areas from agriculture to defense to health uh, to economics uh, and, and more, uh, just to, to name a few. Uh, we believe it's important that we as the people do this in this time, especially as we see what's happening uh, in this country, we believe it's very important that we lay a base for ourselves so that we can survive uh, and that we can thrive as a people, regardless of what happens uh, with the political system or even the economic system or the educational system. Uh, we can build for ourselves, create for ourselves. So always happy to be on this line uh, with our family and just ready to get into the subject. And thank you, Brother Sam, for always including uh, uh, us myself allow me this platform to be with you also yes sir and it is a pleasure and honor sister ashley would you like to do a brief intro sure i am ashley taylor i'm the owner of the therapy practice favor and grace under fire um we are teletherapy and in person and i'm just delighted to be here i also do uh speaking events among other things Happy to be in partnership with uh, Sam here, uh, just taking Be More across the valley by storm. And just decided to see what else God has for us this year. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. We just we just getting started. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, Sister Alexis, as you do your intro and then go ahead and roll into what you have uh, planned for us uh, this evening. Okay, well, peace and blessings, everyone. I am Alexis Roan, a.k.a. Alexis Grace. I'm the founder of Truth Meets Story, LLC, expanding empathy one story at a time. And I am so excited to uh, be coming live to you from Raleigh, North Carolina. And, uh, and so I have been um, just blessed for, you know, by this invitation uh, to be able to show up in the world uh, everywhere, um, full on committed to excelling in grace, uh, to excelling in um, expanding empathy and helping us to live in a more compassionate uh, compassionate world to do that so thoroughly. So I so appreciate, thank you, Dr. Richard, for the way you led us uh, in that awesome meditation and opening. And uh, and, and and I bless you and, and the opportunity to be part of this. When Samuel uh, asked me to be a part of the, um, you know, this particular uh, platform and everything that we have going on here, and we were like, you know, kind of parsing through all of the stories, I got a ton of stories, and trying to see exactly uh, what felt real and right for this moment, um, we were talking about an exploring purpose and, um, you know, and I'd said to him that sometimes we can hear different words and they almost become stayed. Like we just hear them so often and they're like, okay, well, what does that mean? What does that mean? And then I begin to, to talk about how, um, I had an experience where someone even made the case for, uh, if you are just hunting money and not living in true purpose and not living in true purpose awareness, then you can even make yourself sick. It was, oh uh, gosh, 2017, I believe, 2017, 2018, January. Uh, I was on staff. I was the artistic theologian at um, United Methodist Church Plant in Phoenix, Arizona. And I had the uh, privilege of being able to partner with people uh, to bring different folks in, art, uh, artists from the community to come in to be a part of our worship experience. And so every January, um, this particular church, uh, City Square, uh, the United, United Methodist Church plant located in, in uh, downtown Phoenix, every January, uh, we had this practice called um, Interfaith um, Sundays. And that meant uh, every Sunday in January, we would invite a different faith leader to come in and to basically take over the quote sermon part of the time uh, of the service, we would let them uh, share with us from their tradition. And the premise behind that is like, you know, with, with Epiphany, which is celebrated in the Christian tradition, uh, it is where the, um, uh, the, 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 the wise men uh, from a different tradition came and said, hey, we're, we're looking for the king of the Jews. So they did not have Jews or Christians announcing Jesus. They had uh, wise men from another tradition. And so we're like, what else do other traditions have to offer? And so I was responsible uh, that year for finding the different faith leaders that were going to, um, to be a part of us. So one of the folks that I invited was a Yoruba priestess and storyteller, uh, the beloved Iyanifa, uh, Iyanifa Amafunke. And um, when I extended the invitation to her to come and uh, to minister to us uh, during our quote, preaching time to share with us from her tradition, she said that uh, she had asked me for my birthday. 
So I told her November 11. And uh, then on that Sunday, when she arrives, I meet her in the parking lot. I wanted to help her with her things. And she says, oh, like you, uh, uh, I, I have been kept up all night. Uh, and she goes, and it's because I have a word for you, Alexis. And I'm like, <laughs> what do you have for me? So um, she says, um, I have to meet with you privately to give you this word. You'll have to come to my sanctuary. And so um, I'm excited and I'm nervous because uh, I'm trying to figure out how did I become so important that there's this quote word uh, that has to, to come to me. So, but I, I of course, I, you know, I, I agree we set up a time to meet and I was nervous, um, just full disclosure, because in my faith tradition, um, you know, too often many of us are frightened of other experiences and other traditions. And so I'm like, oh Lord, what am I gonna find in this sanctuary? And I go into her sanctuary and what I find are books and cloth and candles and all of these momentums from her world travels. It's a beautiful, beautiful space. And so we sit down, I sit in front of her and she says that I'm, I'm, I'm able to record it. So I push record on my cell phone and you know she's asking me a series of questions um, because she says there's an open cast concerning me. And so she's asking me a series of questions and I answer them and we talk for a bit and then she picks up her cowrie shells. She swings them back and forth, she drops them and then she goes to her binder and she says the cast won't close. And then she started to ask me a second series of questions. And uh, then I answer them and then we have more conversation. She picks up her shells, begins to swing them back and forth, drops them, and the cast still won't close. And now she's concerned. And she says, um, I don't know what's going on here. And then she said, well, let me ask you this. Uh, why don't you have your own church? And I said to her, because I don't want one. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I went to seminary uh, to train, uh, to add to my, my theological and my ministry tool chest, but the intentions was never for me to quote, you know, be a pastor and start a church like that, you know, that wasn't it. And um, she said, so you go through all of this training and you don't want to, um, you don't want to, to, to be a pastor. And I said, well, no, it's like, I'm, I'm good here. It's like, I'm the artistic theologian. I'm, you know, associate pastor. Like, I don't, I don't have to do a ton of the heavy lifting. I'm good, <laughs> actually. Thank you. And uh, she said, ah, okay, here's the word for you. She said, you are a queen being dragged to her throne. You play small because other people feel comfortable in that space. She said, um, you were meant to lead from the front and there's important work for you to do. And if you don't do it, you could be inviting sickness. You could be bringing sickness on yourself. And then I cried because number one, I had played small, not because I didn't feel like I was a significant person or not that I felt insignificant. I played small because I was surrounded by so many people who did not feel good about themselves I like I literally posted a picture of me this week where I'm blowing a kiss to myself. Like I'm I'm like, look, I love what I see and I I I have always interacted in that space, but I felt bad for people who didn't feel the same way about themselves. And so to me, the workaround solution was for me to shrink, 
uh, instead of rising and being strong and leading them to do the same. So she was the first person who attached purpose and sickness, who attached sickness to purpose. And she said, like, purpose is so important that if you don't walk in it, you can be inviting sickness upon yourself. And so uh, even prior to that, I was intended on showing up in the world um, purposefully. But what I needed to also do was to know that part of my purpose was to lead from the front and, uh, and to not lead in any space that did not feel real or right for me, um, but to, you know, to show up in those spaces um, and to do, the, to, to do the work that I felt led to do. And so, uh, and to be somewhere in the world where I felt like the work would be nurtured. And that is why I'm here in Raleigh, uh, doing important things, uh, leading from the front, living like full on on purpose and helping others to do the same. That's a, that's a, wow. a powerful uh, testimony and, and story. Um, uh, I have an initial question. Did you, when she, when she was relaying that stuff, because I'm listening to your story and I'm thinking like, dang, what would I do if someone interacted with, with me like that, you know, kind of came for me. Um, so what, what was your, like your initial reaction, whether you did it like externally or internally when she was talking about your like inviting sickness and stuff like that? Because I know a lot of times we can be like kind of closed off. Like, I ain't sick, you, know, I ain't no wrong. you know what I mean? Well, like I said, uh, number one, um, I trusted her, uh, who she was. And so I would not allow just some random person to come at me and just like, you know, say some stuff. She is a respected person in the community. She is a person who also moves with purpose. Um, she moves with integrity and everything that she said was true. And even when uh, she kept trying to, oh, and so, and then the, the, the other thing is that once we had this conversation, she took the cowrie shells, uh, dropped them, and then the cast closed. So that was the message that was trying to get to me. So if she was a flake, if she was someone who uh, was trying to lead me into something that was uh, disruptive or, you know, destructive to spirit, I would have sensed it and it would have shown up in, you know, in, in, in the, the kinds of things she was leading to. Because notice that in uh, what she said, it wasn't if you don't start a church, you are inviting sickness. She said, if you don't stop playing small, shrinking, not you know, leading from the front. And she did not qualify that because she was not equipped to qualify that. I was the one who had to admit that um, I was shrinking and playing small because it was, uh, it was convenient. Right on, right on. Um, actually, you know, I'm uh, calling you to, to um, hit us with some perspective. But before we do that, I know, um, Dr. Richard, you had mentioned um, prior to us uh, getting on live, you had talked about having kind of like a similar or m maybe not um, having someone tell you that, but kind of a similar um, uh, journey or story as far as the, the pathway to healing and purpose. Yeah, I think that <clears throat> a lot of times when we think about sickness, we're always thinking that we think that it's um, something that requires, you know, Benadryl or, you know, we, we're running a fever. But we can be sick just in the mind 
uh, sick through the um, the feelings of anxiety. And so one of one of the things that I've had to experience this this last these last couple of years is trying to understand. I, I was putting myself in a box with education and I knew that something else was out there for me, but I had believed that that was my purpose. And I had to let go of that because what was happening was I was so unhappy with my situation. It was causing me, I was feeling it, but I was refusing to acknowledge that maybe I wasn't in the purpose that I was supposed to be in, if that makes sense. And so it was creating this anxiety, this nervousness, you know, just this unhappiness. And ultimately what I ended up uh, realizing is that happiness is your purpose. When you are happy, you're walking in your purpose because the things that give you joy serve other people. And so when you are able to smile, when you're able to feel good about yourself, what are you doing? You're passing on that joy to other people. And so once I was able and, and to be honest with you, Maze, I probably held on to that for about I held on to education, public education, probably about a good seven, eight years longer than than what I should have. Right. right. And so I still take those lessons that I learned and it has made me wiser and giving me the tools to really help, especially young people. Like right now, I'm really focused on the younger people because, for instance, in the school system, you know, nowadays with the Common Core, everything's about testing. And so what you start realizing now is that kids have anxiety, nervousness, they're stressed out over this test. And so the school system has created an environment where everything is so predicated on this test that as the closer it gets, the more anxiety kids have. Now, how are we protecting them from that sickness, right? We're not. And so now I'm on a mission just to educate, inform. And so even from my life was, all right, I got to let this go. I got to stop walking, you know, leading with fear. I have to trust the universe and know that God has my back. And, you know, 10 times out of 10, he will. He, he does. You know, it may not, as they say, it may not be what you want. Right. But he's always going to be on time. Right. And so you just have to believe. So, yeah, that that's that anxiety is, is real. So when you start feeling that, that's generally for me, that that's the first sign. Like, yo, you're doing something you're not supposed to and you got to trust. Right. Right. Good stuff. And that's a, that's a perfect segue. Um, and also for for those that are viewing and watching on uh, Facebook, uh, please. Uh, comment, ask questions, and, and join the conversation. Um, but Ashley, as, as they're both talking about sickness, and I know your your you know your approach to your practice is faith-based, right? So um, one, how do we, as we're talking about like anxiety, like Dr. Richard was talking about, but then also like uh, Alexis is talking about that sickness coming from avoiding your purpose, right? Your, your, what God has called you to do. So where is the intersection of those things? And then also from a clinical perspective, how do we or how would you like approach that healing or that that uh, uh, recovery process? Yes. OK, Sam, first of all, you're probably going to have to ask me those questions again, because after Alexis started talking, I was like, this was for me today. Like all y'all out there. Thanks for attending. Thank you, Jesus. This works for me today. I'm about to tell y'all why. But first, Dr. Reicher, I love what you said. And I want to add to that. You said it causes anxiety when you know you're not supposed to be doing something. 
it also causes anxiety when you know you should be doing something but you're keeping yourself in a box because of everybody else around you or you know the uh political aspects of the job which i know dr reicher you've talked about many times and i can feel that in the mental health field as well but anyways so miss alexis can i just tell you <laughs> so in the therapy world as therapists we always say that whatever we're going through god sends that client to you mm. because while you're helping that client in their reflect reflection and you know the techniques and the tools that you're using, mm -hmm. you're hearing yourself talk out loud and you realize, oh my God. So that happened to me today about a client who was saying exactly what you said, that she will dumb herself down, especially in the spiritual community, to make other people feel better. And it's her in her position, she is an African-American woman. Um, and she was pretty high up in a pretty big church here, but it was mostly Caucasian um, yeah. and she had a position there. And so, you know, we were having this whole conversation about basically her workplace trauma. Right. And in so many aspects. Right. The, mm -hmm. the racism, the being a woman, <laughs> the knowledge base spiritually and then just the knowledge base outside of that. And for me, I was like, yeah, nobody should put you in a box because you know, for my promise, purpose and provision, God told me a long time ago, you know, you're going to build this therapy situation. You're going to help many women. Um, but within that, you know, chasing promise, purpose and provision. Mm -hmm. uh, but with that, you cannot be small. You have to be big. And before you can go where I need you to go, you have to break off the generational patterns in your family. And so for me right now, Miss Alexis, I'm planning this wedding and my family has a lot of fear and they want to stay stuck in these old <laughs> patterns. Black people, we can learn how to swim and we can learn how to get on planes. I'm trying to live my best life in Jamaica, Miss Alexis, because God said we're going to Jamaica. Um, my wonderful soror, who is a wedding planner, hooked it up with another African-American who owns a travel agency. Yes. And somehow they found us this new resort, Miss Alexis, oh. in Jamaica, seven days for a thousand dollars per person. Oh. And my family is over here talking about um, we don't know if we can come up with the money and we're scared to fly <laughs> and we're scared of water. And I'm like, nigh gross. <laughs> you know, I was I was in and sorry guys, you just gotta listen to my story because I'm just out of the mood. I was in my feelings last night, calling my best friend, my maid of honor, calling my fiance, like I don't you know, I don't know what to do. Both of them. And once again, we're going back to this. Make sure you surround yourself with people who are constantly striving to elevate as well as you, because my crew, I call it my bench, my crew, my fiance, my best friends and my other friends. They were like, no, this is what we work for. We want to see the world. We want to see our people. Let's go. Oh, so, Anyways, Miss Alexis, take it away. Oh. But I just had to tell you, you're here for me today because I was about to, I was about to change the plans. And oh, God already no. told me Jamaica is the plan. Mm. You know? I love that. Wow. Thank you. And thank you for honoring um, you know, the gifts of your insight. Thank you for, you know, not playing small and for not letting them alter the plan. Thank well, you. Thank yeah. you. Because they almost did, but they didn't. Like almost <laughs> don't count. Almost does yes. not count. <laughs> yes. Yes. 
so that's just a little bit about me. I, you know, most of the time I don't get in here and talk about me that much, but people I had to. So thank you, Lexus. Thank, thank you. For you. <laughs> but <laughs> Sam, to your questions, the mental health aspect of this, right, is one of those things where it's like, and well, I'm going to do mental health and spirituality if I can, because we're on here talking about God. And it's one of these things of like, God will tell you what's next if you're listening, yes. right? And we all hear that in different ways. You know, me, I hear him. Other people, they see visions. Other people, it's literally in real time where they meet people. And that and that person gives them a message, gives them a word, just like Miss Alexis did for me. Whatever the case, you know what I mean? So with your mental health, one, you have to step back and think, okay, why am I so anxious? And what did I miss? <laughs> like, am I not spending enough time with him? Um, do I need to go back and reread something? Did I miss something? Because in the mental health world, anxiety is worrying about the future. Mm. Depression is worrying about the past. You're wow. stuck in something that has already moved. And that could be the sickness, right? That could be the mental sickness Dr. Reicher touched on. And then you said, you know, if you're not working in purpose, sickness will come. And so it's just very interesting because whether you're anxious or depressed, physical sickness does come. <laughs> wow. You know, so whether it's in the form of insomnia or you, you, you know, some people get what we call psychosomatic symptoms where you get the stomach pains, you get the headaches, my chest hurts. And it's, it's, it's because of a mental situation. It's because of the anxiety or the stress of the situation, but it's been so strong it manifests in your body, right? So the key is to be in the present, just the first key, which is, you know, Dr. Reicher got us all in the present with his mindfulness technique from the beginning you know, and then the next step is figuring out what is God saying to me? Or if we're not talking spiritually, figuring out what triggered, what triggered this feeling, emotion, situation. Sometimes it's just, we need to set up boundaries. Sometimes it's just, we've stayed in a desert and we're still trying to plant the flowers and make it grow. You know, so Dr. Reicher, that was you when you were still in the public school system. That was me when I was still trying to ride with this rehab um, organized by a lot of patriarchal views and trying to keep me in the box. And that did make me sick. You know, I, I got diagnosed with lupus in 2016. And I do believe working where I worked had a huge impact on that because in layman terms, Miss Alexis, they wouldn't let me be great. Dr. Yeah. Reicher, Brother Tamikas, you know. Right. <laughs> Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, Sam, I can't remember the rest of your questions. I got excited. I stopped listening to you. But I know I talked a bit about anxiety. So whatever else you got, go for it. <laughs> yeah, you're good, sis. You're good. Um, hey, Mace, can I add something real quick? Yeah, definitely. So, Ashley, I think what's interesting about what you said is that you said depression is in the past, anxiety is in the future. Well, good. what's in the middle? Mm. Mm. The present, right? Mm. Yeah. And so, even for myself, and the let the I'll say that this is the last lesson with the last group of kids that I was teaching was, yo, we just got to be present. That's and it. that's the power of meditation. That's all of it. Mm -hmm. That's the yeah. power of the breathing, right? Mm 
Right. And so I think that and, and maybe at some point we could talk about this. And I've been on this journey to help people understand the difference between praying and meditation, because I do both. I wake up yeah. in the morning and I pray right. and I, I meditate and I pray when I'm meditating. I'm I'm affirming myself. Right. It's the spirituality within me. Right. When I'm praying, I'm speaking to my God. Right. Mm, right. And so but in both of those practices, what I'm trying to do is just remain present. The past is done with. I'm not right. worried about the future. Yeah, there are things that you need to plan. I need exactly. to plan for a wedding. Okay, yes. But do I need to worry about the things down the line about it? No. I need yes. to focus on what I can control at this very moment. So I thought it was interesting. You talked about those two sicknesses, but what keeps us healthy? Mm -hmm. Just being focused on the here and the now. And that's a, that's a tough practice, right? Right. Because oh. especially when you're talking about, and I know I keep talking about uh, kids, but when you're talking about young people or adults living in poverty, and what are you doing? Well, you know, this relate. I'm, I'm by myself because the relationship didn't work because of what he or she didn't do. And I'm mad and I'm bitter. I, I need money to pay these bills that's coming up. But we now focus on what are you grateful for in this very moment right here, right now? Right. Yeah. Sure. You may be late on that electricity bill, but do you have electricity and power right now? Yeah. You know, do you have some food, some groceries? Mm -hmm. You know, we just right. have to acknowledge what we are gratitude. We have to live our life with gratitude in order to receive our blessings. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Like co-sign on all of that. <laughs> yeah, y'all. Y'all drop, dropping it. Um, Bro, Brother Tremikis, my, my, my question for you is, um, calling on your background, looking at it from a, a, a community or a village perspective, how how do you think like that sickness, right, can affect us if us as a, you know, because, you know, I, I know on, on your level, like we about the people, right? Um, so it's like, my question is how, if, if we, if, if collectively, we're not doing the things we should do for not moving the way we should move as a group or for, you know, in a sense, or for held back or oppressed as a group. Um, from your perspective, how does that sickness manifest collectively? Well, you know, I can't remember exactly who said it, but um, there's a saying that no one man can rise above the condition of his people. Um, I know that was a quote that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad gave, but I can't remember who originally gave that that quote. Um, but, but let me say this, brother, uh, before I answer that question, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull an Ashley on you. I uh, I, I, I just I'm I'm in awe listening to my sister Alexis and my sister Ashley and Dr. Richard and their testimony and the things that they're sharing. And I, I guess I would like to say say this and, and try to keep in line with your question. The reality is, is that what, what's being shared on the line from the individual the, is the exact same mirror reflection when it comes down to the community, right? Mm -hmm. if, if, if our sister Alexis uh, was not walking in her purpose, uh, we have to understand, you know, our purpose is not our purpose. Our purpose is our purpose as it relates to those who we affect that's right. That's right. Our value, our sister, Lex, uh, uh, excuse me, our sister Ashley and her practice and how she is determined to help so many women. Dr. Mm -hmm. Richard, what he's talking about uh, with the students and, and the teaching, 
uh, and educating our children in his own way. You know, you putting us all together and putting us on the airwave. This is this is um, how our purpose affects the community. Mm -hmm. So when our voice is not heard, when our wisdom is not shared, then we see sickness in our community. Mm -hmm. you know, somebody said a quote. Oh, somebody said a quote the other day. I thought it was so powerful. Uh, my wife. That's who said it. I remember who said that. <laughs> she watching. Oh no, no, no. But, but it was it was wise. She said that. Uh, she said the people are getting wiser. She said, but not in the way of God. Mm. I thought that was deep. Mm. I thought that was deep. Ignorance is accepted as wisdom. Mm. There are, there are people who have platforms with millions that are listening to them on social media that are accepted mm -hmm. as authorities mm -hmm. on the subject matter that they're speaking and yet they're spreading sickness in the community. Mm -hmm. So those of us with a, with a, let me say it like this, those of us with a higher purpose, the scriptures say we were not with flesh and blood, but with powers and principalities and rulerships in high places mm. so we are at war mm. Mm -hmm. so, so it's so important for those of us who have i'm going to say wisdom in the form of divinity when i say divinity i mean connecting with the divine connecting right. the truth right right connecting with with that level of divinity that that comes from on high mm. that we have a mission and a purpose in this war and that is that we have to fight ignorance, light and darkness, battle consistently. So whenever our voices are silent, whenever we are not sharing our, our wisdom, whenever we are not saying uh, what needs to be said, that we know is on our heart, that we that we go to sleep at night thinking about, that we have dreams and visions about that tell us something you're not doing, that thing that plagues us, that we know. As we said, I'm playing small. Well, you, we're having that conversation. I have that conversation. So when, when somebody says it out loud, it connects because you already know. Yes, I am playing small. <laughs> or we haven't developed the courage to say what needs to be said because we don't want to upset people. We want to. We want to be in good graces, or we don't want to stand out, or we don't want to be ostracized but those are all the necessary sacrifices right to raise our people up so mm -hmm. you know i'm gonna i'm gonna stop okay. uh, uh uh there brother you know they have a joke and brother sam was laughing inside the loc they, they say i'm long-winded they always say be brief brother but i'm gonna <laughs> say this in my own defense i got i got something to say okay so <laughs> So I so so you know I'm gonna stop right there because I see the, I see the smile coming on Brother Sam's face, but no, I just I mean I'm all I think that this is us coming on this line is so powerful and what we're sharing in the life that we touch it it the 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 tonight answers the question that you asked me. Yeah. Right That's on. Good, good, stuff. good, good stuff. And and a couple of things um I've a um, follow up from a couple of comments that you made um sparked a question for. Sis Alexis and um, Dr. Risher, um, the the current um, or, or fairly recent uh, climate when it comes to like the church, right? The church body, um, where we're at, like with social media, like like it was mentioned, how many 
people can have a platform, how easy it is to have a platform and a following, right? Regardless of the type of truth that you're speaking, right? Um, so, and, and also what you mentioned in the beginning is um, some of the stuff that the person you were interacting with was taking you through. Um, um, and Dr. Rishri, um, I know some of your uh, story as well. So my question is, how important is it or how do we mitigate both being open to like new things or new practices while at the same time um, holding true and making sure that we maintain that uplifting of our own faith practices? Mm, that is a rich question. I so love that. Um, and thank you. Thank you for putting that out there. Um, because I would say that that's not something that I necessarily battle because I am who I am. And here's proof. When I, um, when I was in seminary, um, I was just in a very different space. I did not look like my, my student colleagues. I mean, I had just terminated a 12 year love project. You know, I was in my early forties, you know, they're, you know, younger and they're still, you know, they're like, you know, you know, if, if God is in it, it's going to work. And I'm like, okay, God is present. And sometimes, you know, uh, it's just best for everybody to stay out of jail. I'm like, listen, cause I promise you, I was looking at felonies. <laughs> now that's what truth looks like. So you got to be able to tell the truth to yourself, especially, and I don't want to make light of people who are, being, who are being harmed, um, you know, in these spaces, but I do believe that, um, the spirit of, of, of God that lives on the inside is leading and guiding in ways that are uh, sometimes in, in contrast to conventional wisdom and expectation. Like, oh, you got to stay together forever. I was like, yeah, no, you know, that don't work. So I terminated the love project, kept it moving. And I'm in seminary and I don't look like any of my student colleagues. And so about a year or so into the space, I'm lonely and um, like, OK, I'm in L.A. for Pete's sake, like, sure, like, you know, so I can find me some peeps. And so I go online and I find this group that's meeting and uh, the group was called um, Dinner Wine Conversation in a Loft. And uh, they have a, 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 like a, every, you know, they have a, a particular com a conversation that they have, a topic. And so uh, at the topic that I was going, the, the night that I was attending the meeting, the topic was, is religion the new opium of the people? And so I'm like, yo, they drinking wine, they in a loft. You know, they're having this intelligent conversation like the my peeps. I'm there. <laughs> so I show up and yeah, I get an invitation. You know, you have to, you know, come, you know, because, you know, because it is somebody's private residency. So I get, you know, so I'm extending the invitation. I accept, I go. And um, it's like the, the age range is from like late 30s to early 70s, about 20 people. Uh, so it was like this really nice, like little intimate gathering. And then they broke us off after dinner. They broke us off into two groups of 10. And as we're going around the circle in my group of 10, we had to confess our religious filter, like, like state your name and where are you concerning your uh, religion? Y'all, I kid you not, everybody in my circle was an atheist or an agnostic, every one of them. And as they're going around and they're saying, hello, my name is Tim and I'm an atheist. Hello, my name is Alice. I'm agnostic. You know, they're just kind of going around. I'm like, oh, Lord, <laughs> what have I done? But I'm the 10th and the final person to go in my circle. And I felt like it was not prudent for me to say, hello, I'm Alexis and I'm a Christian. Because if you say you're a Christian, people just assume that they know everything automatically about you. They know how you vote. 
they know what kind of music you listen to, they know what kind of books you read. They just kind of assume that they know, you know, who you are. And then they foolishly decide that I don't need to hear from her because I already know who she is. And, uh, you know, I tell people in like, listen, I show up in every space. You're going to either meet Alexis Grace or you're going to meet Alexis from Texas. Both of them love Jesus. Um, but one of them, you know, she going to get her hands dirty. So like, you don't want to see her like, so be respectful. And I just felt like they were about to conjure Alexis from Texas. And, um, and I just didn't want to have them problems. So, um, I knew that I could not say, hello, I am a Christian. And so I was the 10th and final person. I was really struggling with what to say. And uh, so when it was my time, I said, hello, I am Alexis. I am a person of faith for whom God is particularized in the person of Jesus Christ. I embrace mystery. And the answer I believe a lot of times with the most integrity is I don't know. So in me introducing myself in this space of people who thought completely different from me, what we shared was not only our love for wine, dinner and conversation and like in, in this idyllic space, uh, there was also honoring the whole um, uh, we can bridge our differences, we, you know, and, and find creative solutions. And so um, to your question, um, Samuel, about how to know like which way to go, like, you know, how to, to stand firm. You just stand firm. You show up every space and always who you are without apology. And once you get in the habit of that, then there's no need to try to figure out, well, what if this happens or what if that happens? Because I promise you, I did not know what I was entering. But once I had entered that space and once they had confessed their filter, the beautiful thing is that they were more than just people who were agnostic or atheists. They were people who had a backstory that led them into that space. They were people who also, um, in talking with me, they were like, now who was that theologian that you were quoting? Okay, so I'm telling them about these different books and these different uh, references um, that I have for them. Uh, but all of that comes with me just practicing fidelity to who I am in every space without exception. And, uh, and also um, trusting securely that uh, because I'm not out there like trying to get into some stuff, um, I, 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 don't, I don't subscribe to this whole fear-based uh, way of practicing what you believe. Um, I believe that, that God is sovereign. Uh, I believe that God is good and intends good for all. And even, uh, you know, with what, brother, uh, what, what, what brother Shamika said about how our wisdom shows up for the common good. He didn't use the common good, but that's what he meant when he kept saying the community. It is the common good. Uh, so I just show up um, in every space practicing truth to who I am. I know who I am. And I have uh, and, and, I'm, and I love uh, God's creation and I love people um, and I, I want to make room for all of us, you know, to be heard. But that cannot happen uh, if I'm scared <laughs> to be in these spaces. It's like I am secure. I'm set. We all good. It works out. Mm -hmm. uh, beautiful uh, commentary, Alexis. Dr. Richard, what, what do you got for that? You know, just one word. <clears throat> And this is what I thought before Miss Alexis started talking. I was like, you just have to be authentic. Just be, uh, you know, who you are authentically. Anytime you step outside of those boundaries, guess what? That sickness comes. And so your mind and your body will communicate to you, yo, this is the route that you shouldn't take. And uh, many times we can be blinded because we want to chase chase after things like, yo, like money. Money's generally the, the best example. Like, I got to get this money, right? 
but it's not the money that you need. Like you need to be happy within yourself. And when we can find that self happiness, the money will come, right? Or, you know, those things that you desire will come, but you know, you have to be patient. But at the end of the day, just be authentic and just be yourself and trust and believe. And can I just ask a quick question? Alexis, where are you from in Texas? Uh, originally Houston. Okay, I'm from Fort Worth. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I was like, all right, all right fam, I see you. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And I just want to add the interesting thing about authenticity, especially when you look at it in the mental health world, um, and we specialize in trauma, moving people through life transitions. But a, a lot of the times when people come and they, they're ready to deal with their trauma or their trauma honestly has just dealt with them too much and they're tired of it. So their trauma has made them come in. Um, what you see when you're peeling back the layers and processing the trauma is you start to see the authentic person popping out. They couldn't be authentic after they experienced the trauma because they went into fight, flight, or freeze, which doesn't allow for you to be vulnerable and be yourself and show up in the world as you used to show up or how you'd like to show up. So it's, it's really cool to see how it all unfolds and how the authenticity resonates and they're able, you know, the freedom lifting off of their shoulders, the sickness, the physical sickness coming out of their body, as well as the mental sickness, depression, anxiety, hypervigilance, everything else that comes with that load is just taken off. And it's almost like, you know, a baby breathing for the first time. So really cool. And let me just add this, uh, Ms. Ashley, because a lot of times, I'm pretty sure you see this with your clients, people are not able to be authentic because of the community or because of the people around them. Right. Yeah. And so we see this a lot with young people, Very you true. know, I see it now as a, as a parent, right. I yeah. have to trust and allow my children to be who they are, regardless of what direction they're going to go in, as long as it's, you know, legal and safe, but I have to allow them to be who them, who, the, who they are. And yeah. when I reflect back on my uh, childhood growing up in the South, have you know a large family that grew up in the inner city but have country roots they want you to be who they want you to be right and yeah. it's like when you think about well i'm gonna go to college and i'm gonna be a teacher why are you gonna be a teacher that's who i want to be yeah, you yeah. may want me to be a lawyer you may want me to be a doctor but i have to be authentic to you know what my happiness is and i have to walk into my purpose because if you're right. saying oh be a nurse or be a doctor because of the six figures that's not going to make me happy. Right. Perfect. Yeah. Beautifully well said. Yeah, I wanted to. Oh, go ahead, brother Sam. I'm sorry. Uh, my, I was going to say it's interesting, um, Dr. Richard, what you said, and then how Ashley followed up with it. You talked about um, the authenticity, um, and it made me think of just like what Ashley said that transition because my authentic self today may not look nothing like my authentic self, you know in the past and it may not resemble what my authentic self looks like in the, in the future. Right. So my, my question following up with that, as, as we are one person now, we may not be the same person with the same values or, you know, you know what I mean? That we're not in the same place. Right. Mm -hmm. um, on the flip, as we may encounter people like that person encountering uh, encounter you, Alexis, is as we encounter people who we may feel that they're not, um, operating in the best zone to avoid sickness. Um, do any of you guys, um, and I'll, I, you know, I'll let you go first, Brother Tremie, because you may have had something to say before I start talking. But how 
what are some tips or how can we engage, you know, our community members to help them come out of that sickness or avoid that sickness? I, I was going to say, and I think it, it lines up with what you're saying. Um, we have a series of lessons. Uh, they're titled self-improvement is the basis of community development. And I think that when we're talking about our community and overcoming sickness, it's the improvement uh, of self, that ability to tap into the essence, the, the God, uh, to, to say, in each and every one of us. Uh, there's something that we cause, some people call it the consciousness. Uh, you know, you see a lot of these cartoons and they'll have a devil on one shoulder and an angel on the other shoulder and they're having a conversation with the person. But we call that the self-accusing spirit. Mm -hmm. And it is it is that that is in each and every one of us that tells us right from wrong, mm -hmm. right from wrong and guides us along and directs our path. So I think one of the key things is always uh, in our community working inwardly. I think brother said it uh, when 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 he's meditating, Dr. Richard was saying when he's meditating, I believe you said, brother, that that's a conversation with yourself. And when you're praying, that's a conversation uh, uh, with God. Well, in the I'm a Muslim and we study the Quran in the Quran, it says that Allah is closer to you than your own juggler vein. And the elements who was far was having a conversation with a group of individuals. And he said, well, how close is am I to you? if I'm closer to you than your own juggler vein. He's, and he got down and he whispered in, in someone's ear and he said, this is close. He said, but your juggler vein is even closer than that. So when you are talking about uh, God, you're talking about that divine, you're talking about something that is within us. And I think the the, the problem in religion is that religion teaches us to always look for something outside of ourselves to help us. Right. Always reaching for, you know, a creator to do something for us, not realizing that every bit of change that's going to happen in our lives is going to happen because we change. That's how that works. That's the miracle. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that it's so important to awaken that in people, to awaken that consciousness in our people, uh, to make us aware that God lives inside of us and that if we follow that path, it leads us to success and it leads us to peace. It leads us to harmony. It leads us to our purpose. Uh, it gives us life. It leads us away from sickness and disease, um, all of those things. So um, that, that, that's my way of answering that, that question, brother. Self-improvement is the base of the community development. Right on, thank you. As we have four uh, four minutes left, um, anybody else have a, a comment or, or a parting thought that they would like to share or leave? And before that, I, I appreciate the those of you um, viewing that are commenting. I appreciate your participation. Yeah, I would say, oh, go ahead, I'm sorry, Doc. I was gonna say, you know, uh, it's uh, two words, hold space. You know, you have to learn how to hold space for people and just be there for them. And they may not be ready for you when you think they need to be ready for you, but you just have to hold space. That's the thing that I'm I'm learning right now, just hold space. Good mm -hmm, mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah, and I, I would say, um, you know, the, you know, to the question like uh, how to avoid sickness. Well, the, perp the 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 title of our gathering today is Purpose of Sickness. I think um, 
you know, by focusing in and dialing down on your purpose. Um, you know, that, that goes a long way towards avoiding the sickness that we have been talking about, sickness that is uh, derivative of you uh, pouring yourself into, you know, these other spaces that don't intend your good, these other spaces that are not trying to um, help the common good. Uh, it does something, maybe it's just convenient. Uh, like, you know, in my earlier story, you know, shrinking and playing small was convenient. Right. Um, but uh, that's, that's not the work. So, you know, doing uh, leaning into purpose uh, goes a long way towards avoiding the sickness that is driven by you avoiding purpose. So, yeah. Um, thank you, Alexis. Good stuff. Ashley, did you, did you have a last thought? I don't have anything. This was great. <laughs> Are you, you know, you're not going to close our session. Okay. <laughs> oh, you want me to close it? No, you know, you know, we, we, you know, you know, for me, every time, every time we get on this call, you know, it's like group therapy for me. You know, what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, absolutely. So, in summary, purpose over sickness. Right, being present, um, understanding when you hear your purpose, or when you're meeting with other people who are helping create your purpose or giving you a word. Um, being authentic to yourself helps the commonwealth, helps the community. Uh, as we learned at the, getting, at the beginning, mindfulness helps put us in the present so we're not stuck in the past, which is depression, and we're not stuck in the future, which is anxiety. Not shrinking ourselves to make other people feel comfortable, but making ourselves as big as it needs to be so we can be authentic, which in turn, hopefully will motivate, <laughs> educate, bring a, a wise community <laughs> as brother Jamika's talked about. And um, just, just as always being able to have these conversations with each other, uh, loving on each other, supporting each other. Mm -hmm. uh, as Miss Alexis talked about at the beginning, how she found empathy within herself as well as other people. Um, and uh, recognizing the space that you're in. So the verbiage that you use resonates with that space. I caught that, Miss Alexis, that you had to choose your words wisely, right. which meant you had to be in the present if you would have been worried about situations in the past with um, you know, people who didn't have the same faith or worried about what was gonna happen in the future if you messed up this meeting. <laughs> you may not have found the words to be able to, you know, sit down and 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 you know have these experiences with these different collective voices. So very awesome for all of us. If I left out anything, boys, please chime in. But I, think, I think that was a good summation to close up our session tonight. You were uh, perfect. It was perfect.